TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host... Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner. Security is on everybody's mind. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. What do we do about it? Do we just say it's terrible, or is it something that we can really do to, to stop it? Our guest is Evan Bernstein, the CEO and National Director of Community Security Service. That's called CSS. He's been there since June 2020. He originally was the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith. He also was with APAC, various distinguished career in public service uh, to the Jewish community. You can see him on CNN and Wall Street Journal and New York Times. He's often quoted. He's worked with nonprofit groups. He's worked with Migdal Orr. He's worked for, politically with John McCain and others. And he's doing a great job with the CSS starting around the COVID time and went from a couple hundred thousand dollars, over a million dollars budget. They deal in protecting Jews and Jewish institutions. Evan, good to have you back again. No, it's so good to be back. Thank you so much, Zeb. Thank you for all that you're doing. So what I like about CSS, and I'm on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, I see what you do. You train people to guard shuls, to be in front of them. So people should take the initiative, not just rely on other people. You rely on other people. It's not as good as doing it yourself. So tell us about what you do on a day-to-day basis and some of the goals and accomplishments that you've achieved. So the, the organization was founded on the premise of what has gone on in diaspora communities uh, across the globe since the Holocaust, except for really in the United States. Uh, every other community uh, had a major Jewish population. Their, their security was led by volunteers. They, they worked with law enforcement. They worked with private security, but was really led by volunteers. And that's still the case today. The American diaspora community went in a different direction after the Holocaust and really relied on uh, law enforcement and in private security. And a lot of Jews, I think, felt that they could you know, rather give their money than give their time uh, the way they were in other communities. Uh, and I don't think we had the same distrust for, for law enforcement as there were in other diaspora Jewish communities. But I think over the last, you know, five or six, seven years, where we've seen this dramatic increase in anti-Semitism, uh, Jewish leaders around the country realized that we need to start taking some of those best practices that we've seen uh, in other countries. And we, we founded in 2007, uh, as you said, but we've really been a small organization. We've been a very localized organization uh, in New York. We've, we've done some synagogues in other parts of the country. We have other regions now around the country, but this is a time where we feel we need to be working with empowering Jews and changing their mindset about how they're active in their own security, not just relying on others, not just relying on, on you know necessarily non-Jews, but partnering with those, com- those community leaders in, in those off-duty police in the, in the private security and take an active invested interest because no one's going to care more about who's in that synagogue than the volunteer does because it's their child, it's their wife, it's their spouse, it's their friend in that synagogue and we have that vested interest. And I think it's just about expanding what's already been here since 2007. It's about expanding the work of empowering Jews and training Jews the way we have in Jewish communities around the globe for over 50 years and changing the mindset of American Jewry. And I think it's so important because even though people talk about Asian crime and black crime, but uh, anti-black crime or anti-Asian crime, but the truth is the numbers still show that anti-Semitism is still the 
unfortunately, the highest amount of hate attacks against a group is against Jews in the United States. It's growing, so we need to do more security. So walk us through. So a community says, okay, we want to do it ourselves. How do you help them? How do you train them? So we have, we have three different layers of security uh, options that we can give to people. We don't talk about specific uh, security operations because we want to keep our people protected. And that's, you know, that's obviously for security reasons we can't talk about specifics. But at the macro level, we have three different options. One is called entry point, which is our, our most basic level security, where we ideally get a synagogue who's interested in volunteer security, maybe heard of it, but didn't, doesn't really understand it. We get them onto a security call with our experts. It's an hour long call. We bring in their leadership, their board, some member members of the synagogue to learn about volunteer security, to learn about best practices, to understand what this is with the idea that a few of the people on the call, once they understand how this is really a best practice and the impact it can have of having eyes near security around their synagogue uh, can have an impact. And also hearing from law enforcement in those trainings about how they want more eyes and ears because they can't be there Ideally, that's something that piques the interest of a synagogue to ideally say, you know what, we're going to get a couple other people trained at different levels in the synagogue and then develop a team. And the ideal is, and there's a CSS synagogue. Uh, a CSS synagogue, I'm on two teams with my synagogues in my community. One's a small shul, one's a larger shul. And that's where there's actually active teams that are trained, where we have uh, a regional manager. These are all volunteer-driven. Regional manager, a team leader, a team manager, and then a team of actual volunteers and those people are all trained at different levels to be able to do safety and security and coordination with private security and off-duty law enforcement uh, at their synagogues and those people are highly trained and they're highly vetted and uh, we we really take a lot of pride in our training and our training is all vetted by a security council former law enforcement a high-level fbi cia and and former uh, secret service they review all of our curricula if someone doesn't want to have a team, they're just seeing an individual, say someone that is not identified with a particular synagogue. We have another program that's called Rome, and they get trained, and then they can go and help teams of synagogues or help us with events that maybe we're short on. So sometimes our synagogues, you know, are short on a weekend on a Shabbos, they, or there's an event, and we don't have enough people. A Rome person who's not affiliated, who's fully trained, can then also then help out uh, as a kind of a cross-training security person in those particular synagogues or at those events, which can be very, very helpful for those for those shuls. So we, we really are trying to get as many people engaged in the process. It's a learning curve for a lot of people to understand what volunteer security is. That's what entry point is. And then the hope is that then they turn into having an active team that's working with law enforcement. And that's a process. And not everyone gets to become a volunteer. Not everyone can get through the process. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not something you just can say, I want to do it and you're going to be able to do it. We really want the best to do this it, representing our community. Uh, and we, and we want that training to be at the highest level. And it is. Now, when you have a neighborhood that has an anti-Semitic incident, I think you probably get an influx of people saying, I want to join CSS. I want to protect my particular shul. But do you find as time goes on in that particular area, the anti-Semitism is not as prevalent as it was during that incident that you find that people sort of not don't get as much involved and in other words my question to you is how do you keep that involvement because god forbid a terrorist incident or an anti-semitic incident can happen at any time but people's interests ebbs and flows based on what happened recently they don't always look at the big, long-term picture i think it's one of the biggest problems we have in the jewish community i think it's, that's a great statement you just made i think 
the challenge is what I what I've seen is is when there is that incident like there was in Riverdale with the stone throwing, or you saw in Los Angeles, you know, uh, you know, just recently, that 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 keeps people's interest. It, it does. It, but I think what the challenge is the synagogue that's maybe next door or the community that's next to that other community they feel insulated, like it's not going to happen to them, and they don't necessarily need to take it as seriously. And I think what we've learned from and what I've seen is how random these acts of hate are towards synagogues. When you look at what happened in Jersey City, Pittsburgh, Poway, those communities are not high holidays when these took place. These are, these are random uh, Shabbats. You never know when it's going to happen. And we have to learn from what we're seeing overseas in Europe and from our other diaspora brothers and sisters uh, in those Jewish communities. They prepare every Shabbos with, with the hope that nothing will happen. And a quiet Shabbos is the best Shabbos. But you have to be prepared for that. You can't have your head buried in the sand thinking, well, it happened to someone else, and we don't have to take it seriously, or we're such a big community, or we want to keep our doors open, and you know this is not happening to us. You have to look at the overall. If you talk with, with law enforcement at the federal level, even at the local level, especially in the New York area, they're flabbergasted, I think, with sometimes how, yes, a lot of the synagogues are taking seriously the threat assessments, and they're getting video cameras, but they're not fully aware of just how you know, how, how seriously they need to continuously take it. And even every, not every synagogue has even gone through the threat assessment. Not every synagogue is doing, is doing uh, volunteer security. You know, they feel like it's just, it's going to pass them. It's going to pass by them. And I think that's really unfortunate because you don't want to be the synagogue that does that. And then God forbid it impacts your community. And you said, what could I have done more? I think we need to be as proactive and not reactive. Uh, in our community. Now, I like what CS- CSS is doing. What about yeshivas and days? So I know we've been talking mainly about synagogues, but we saw a case in Denver where a yeshiva student was killed. Uh, they targeted the principal, and fortunately, uh, the bullets didn't get to him. So what is CSS strictly synagogues? Or are you involved with other institutions too? So we're working on college campuses. We have partners on college campuses. We're trying to work with day schools. Again, we're, we're a small organization. Uh, it was really small, but still small, but growing. You know, there's over right now almost 4,000 synagogues in, in the United States, and we have yet to saturate even 10% of that market. So for us, we need to really focus, I think, with, with limited budget resources and staff resources, we need to be as targeted as possible. Part of our long-term plan is absolutely to be working more on college campuses and to be doing more with day schools uh, and yeshivas. Uh, if a day school or yeshiva calls us and they want our, our our work, we absolutely will work with them. I think it's harder for us to be proactive because there's just so much we have to do uh, nationally as a national organization with the synagogues that have not been impacted. Uh, but right now, if, if someone reaches out to us, that we're absolutely willing to to work with them and, and work with their with their volunteers and get them trained as, as best as we possibly can. Now, Evan, how does it work? Because unfortunately, even though you're a volunteer organization, you have expenses, and as I mentioned at the beginning, you went when you got there. They had maybe a hundred thousand dollar, couple hundred thousand dollar budgets over a million yeah. now. So, who's supporting it? And I'm sure you probably need a lot more if you're going to be very effective. Well, one of the biggest things right now is the UGA of New York is one of our biggest supporters. Uh, they've been a tremendous uh, supporter. They're helping us sponsor this webinar uh, that I know you've been talking about. Uh, you know, on the air, uh, is, you know, the seven security facts you need to know as a Jewish New Yorker in our community, and they've been a tremendous partner. So we've, we've had federation support. We have a lot of individual major foundations across the, the United States that understand, especially after Pittsburgh and Poway and Jersey City, that this is a real issue and we need to take this seriously. And we had a real ramp up of funding. Uh, and we're gonna be looking to do more and more of that. We need to get more funding in order to help 
us pay for the best high level trainings to to do this costs money to to train thousands of people at the highest level and keep people trained at the highest level costs money to to travel around the country and do these trainings to have the best staff it costs money and yes we are we're always going to be a volunteer driven organization our backbone is going to be volunteers that, that do our work and are on the ground like i am on shabbos and others but we need to have uh, professionals that can keep us at the highest level so we are we're seen not only by the jewish community but also by the secular community in the law enforcement community as best in class and that's our, our goal and and we have great partners helping us do that so if people first of all you let's talk about the seminars because not everybody can go for training for css but however if they watch the seminar they can get some idea to enhance security and everybody can learn how we can protect ourselves better and certainly having professionals such as yourself and others with the css is important so tell us about the seminars what what it's all about so the seminars are really bringing in you know really industry experts in the new york area and again this is this is co-sponsored by uja and uh the federation and, and we we are bringing in i'll, I'll be talking and our deputy national director richard preem who's a security expert uh who has tremendous experience in, in security background especially in volunteer security in europe uh he'll be speaking chuck berkowitz our director of new york operations who's former counter-terror nypd uh former army ranger just unbelievable expert uh he's going to be speaking and also one of our great partners uh through UGA to the community security initiative Mitch Silber who's the executive director uh who's also a former counter uh, terror NYPD uh really a top level security expert one of our great partners will be speaking as well by that partnership and the and the work we're doing together and really uh talking about the threats that the 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 community needs to look at but beyond we're not looking to scare uh the Jewish population we're looking to empower them we want to give them opportunities to to understand yes this is the baseline this is where things are these are the the well documented threats that we have this is what we're looking at for the holidays but you as a Jew can do something you as a Jew can be empowered you as a Jew can do do something that maybe you never thought you can do in 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 helping uh law enforcement and helping private security and feeling empowered uh, as a Jew and i think that's really what we're lo- looking to do here is not we're not looking to scare people we're looking to inform them yes to keep it real with them yes understand what the climate is but the really impact with them you have an option as a jew to be empowered and you can do something that other jews are doing uh, all over the globe and that that just because you're in america doesn't mean that you have to stand on the sidelines but you can actually get active but even t- but from the way i look at it and you're teaching people certain skills maybe to take responsibility for example maybe when you leave the synagogue make sure the doors are closed because i heard of a situation where the door was open and they had vandalism so that may not be anti-semitic but certainly it does damage to the synagogue so there may be things that people can do where yourself and other security experts can help people hey be a little bit more vigilant be on the lookout and train people even if they're not going through a training session i i think that's why it's so important the 100% the, the, the once you learn some of these best practices Ev, you'll never forget them and then whenever you go to shul or you ever go to an event or you go anywhere you're never going to be able to dislearn it you're not going to unlearn it right it's you're going to you're always going to have it in the back of your head you're going to be looking at things from a different lens and i think that's so important and jews just haven't listen we've had a tremendous run in the united states since the holocaust the, the, the how we've been able to thrive in our in, in our communities uh the success that we've had the freedom of religion that we've had is is really almost unprecedented but we have to be aware of our surroundings at a different level than we have in years past and this is a moment for us to start taking that 
that control and learning some of these best practices that you just mentioned. I urge everybody to go to the seminar to be involved with CSS, Community Security Service. Uh, Evan, how can people learn more information about the seminar and about CSS? So we have a seminar that's going to be uh, on Wednesday afternoon of this week and then on Thursday evening. Uh, all the details for the seminar are on our web website, uh, the CSS.org, the T-H-E-C-S-S.org. You go right to the website, a pop-up will come up. It'll give you all the information that you want uh, for the seminar to be able to sign up. And uh, if you go to our, our Twitter page, uh, the CSS.org, or if you go to our Facebook page at the Community Security Service, all of it's there. All the information is there for you to easily sign up for the webinar on Wednesday or Thursday. And we really hope as many New Yorkers can to learn about uh, safety and security, learn about CSS, and learn about how they can become empowered as Jews. That's the CSS.org. Evan Bernstein is a CEO and National Director of Community Security Service. As you heard, they're empowering Jews. And it could be small things that can lead to great safety measures for synagogues, for organizations, for schools. And certainly going to CSS.org, the CSS.org, and taking part in the seminar and other things that they do can help protect lives, our lives, our families' lives. So Evan Bernstein, thank you for what you're doing for providing security. And uh, we look forward to having you back again. And may we all be continuing success working together. That's really what it is, everybody working together. Thank you so much, Evan. Have a wonderful and safe holiday season. And a happy and healthy New Year to you and your family. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk Line Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the TalkLine network and TalkLine's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at TalkLineNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, TalkLineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms, or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.